Welcome to another amazing conversation on the Pace and Freedom, a Liberty Caster podcast, and I am your host, James Pace. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe to this podcast, which you can find on many podcatchers like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, and many more. Take the time to like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter and our Instagram, and find all the links in the description below. Today I have Dennis Lambert, presidential candidate seeking the Green Party's nomination. We discuss current events and the possibility of Lambert Supreme 2020 ticket. Of course, make sure to check out my friends at Liberty Caster, a network of content dedicated to be free and independent. With five amazing podcasts and growing, you can find news, interviews, talk shows, and more. Shout out to Torch News with Jake and Brandon, The Exchange Podcast with Kevin Warmhold, Radio Free New York with Kevin Wilson, Voice of Liberty with Henry Connolly, The Commander's Table with Ken Armstrong, Liberty Rant with Larry Sharp, and soon to be more shows for your independent and freedom fix. Before we get started with today's conversation, I want to talk about Cash App and how you can get $5 or more for free. Cash App is the easiest way to transfer and receive money between friends and family. You can also make purchases with your free Cash App debit card anywhere Visa debit cards are accepted. With Cash App, you can also purchase and sell stock in the stock market for as little as $1 with no fees. You can also purchase and sell Bitcoin. How to earn your free $5? Download the Cash App from your App Store and sign up using the referral code in the description and $5 automatically goes onto your account. Want to earn more than $5? Refer your friends and family to sign up by inviting them from your Cash App. And for every one person that signs up, you earn $5 for free. Now, without further ado, enjoy this conversation. As mentioned, my today's guest is Dennis Lambert, who is no stranger to the show. And he is here with me to discuss his campaign, the importance of ridding the Democrat-Republican establishment, and the possibility for Supremers to still get their free ponies along with free healthcare. Dennis, please introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Dennis Lambert, and I'm a Green Party candidate for president. Uh, I'm running on a platform, a $25 an hour minimum wage, a universal health care program, uh, renewable infrastructure investment, and ending all wars. As and I met- only that, but making more people get, get involved in politics. I don't care if you vote for Green or, or Libertarian or Constitutionist, Communist, whatever. Just vote out the, the Democrats and Republicans. Definitely. And that's something that I know you and I uh, agree on 100%. So as I mentioned, uh, you've been on this epi- on this podcast before, and something that I think shocked a lot of people is how much we have in common. And we may not agree on the execution of a lot of things, but we definitely agree on that we we need to get rid of the current establishment that exist today yeah yeah absolutely i mean uh most people got uh, twelve hundred dollars uh, i mean i'm not getting anything as well as a few other people that i know aren't, aren't getting anything out of that uh the cares package uh especially those of, of of us who are contractors or self-employed we don't get any unemployment benefits additionally out of that uh and meanwhile the four or five trillion dollars going to to the w- wealthiest uh, corporations and people I mean, 56 million went to one of Trump's supporters. Uh, uh, it was reported in Politico. Uh, we need to get rid of these people because they're corrupt to the core and they're selling right. our country out. 
they are and you know i i have no problem with uh socialists as you mentioned you know if you go out who we don't really care at this point who you vote for we just want to be able to break this duopoly that exists today because that will give opportunity for the people that actually matter to come out of this uh tyrannical rule that i like to um describe which is the democrat republican establishment so absolutely we need to get we need to get rid of them honestly I, they're not doing any good for us up in washington especially i mean i, I don't know if I've, I've said it on your program but the, the recidivism rate uh is 80 90 percent and i say recidivism because they're criminals and they just yeah. keep going back and and you know the the amount of money that they're you really have to raise to to run for a, a congressional seat or, or for the senate or even a state house uh, is millions of dollars. Uh, so people like you and I really don't have any opportunity that you know where we're working for you know barely more than minimum wage or double minimum wage uh, whatever it is in your area. I I mean it, it makes it impossible for the poor people to have speech that's outlined under the the Supreme Court decision that, you know, money is speech and, and corporations are people, the Citizens United. It's, it's just, it's ridiculous. We need more people like us in there representing the working class and, and people who are just sick of our taxes being wasted on, on you know, I'm surprised there's so many Keynesian uh, economists now that, you know, agree that the government needs to spend money to, to help keep banks and businesses afloat. Right. Quite, quite a 360. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, how socialist is that? Right. I mean, it's the wrong possibility that, you know, if you believe in socialism, what they're doing is a socialism for the for the the wealthy, you know. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> let, let's talk a little bit about how your campaign has been going since the last time we spoke on on, uh, on our I'm show. I'm kind of running as a third party candidate in the Green Party, <laughs> you know, uh, I've been kind of handicapped because they put these requirements on us, uh, you know, back in late October, uh, telling us that we now had to gather these signatures and meet these financial requirements and all this other stuff. And, you know, I've told them, you know, my campaign was never about money or fundraising, so I have met that $5,000 threshold that uh, they're requiring. Uh, but I can't get them to, to update their signatures list. You know, they want me to have a hundred signatures from greens across the country and they haven't updated it now in almost uh, three months. And, uh, you know, because of that, I'm not officially recognized as a green party candidate. Though I've been campaigning since, you know, May, June, July of, of, of last year. So this is a, a requirement by by your party, by the Green Party. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. And because I haven't been able to get communication between the parties, I, I, I wasn't able to confirm that I'm on the ballot in a certain number of states, so I couldn't participate in an independent uh, presidential uh, candidates uh, forum in Chicago uh, back in February, I believe it was. Well, and then yeah, on top so. of that, with, you know, COVID, it, it just made it even harder I imagine to to meet these requirements and to even communicate with yeah, the party. Uh, yeah, uh, just uh, going everything electronic and, and 
because of this, it's deflated the sales of a couple of my uh, campaign workers. So it's, you know, it's fighting an uphill battle, but, you know, I've already got some delegates. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep going. I, I always finish in a strong third in every place that uh, they put me on the ballot because I speak a lot of sense and, you know, I believe in the Green Party values. And, uh, you know, I also talk about reaching out to Republicans and libertarians and conservatives in general because, you know, we're not going to be able to build a party just going after the Bernie Kratz and the Democrats. Uh, We're not going to meet that 5% threshold to get the FEC funding for the party. We're not going to be able to get that 15% threshold to get on national debate stage unless we're willing to address our message in a conservative view viewpoint. And I've, you know, I think I've thoroughly conveyed this uh, as a part of my platform, you know, the conservative point of view uh, right. regarding my platform. So it's just, I don't know, they're, they're, they're afraid to turn the battleship around or there's just so many people entrenched in there that uh, have their own set of messaging and, and don't, uh, don't believe in what I'm saying, you know, that, uh, they, they think they can build the, the, the party on the bodies of dead Democrats. Yeah, and I find that very interesting that you mentioned that because I just had a conversation with uh, a libertarian. We were talking about how the Libertarian Party needs to start kind of focusing on getting people from the left uh, and liberals to look at our uh, party and start campaigning and their point of view. So, you know... I mean, this is why I think the the Green Party and the Libertarian Party should work together in in some sort of alliance to rid of, you know, the Republican and Democrats, because we offer what the Republicans and the Democrats always promise to the people, but never deliver. We're promising all of it, and we actually mean to deliver it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And and unfortunately, yeah, I, I... I mean, I, I I would support, and uh, I I mentioned once, uh, I I think it was on Facebook or in a tweet uh, that uh, uh, Vermin Supreme was my libertarian vote in the in the state of Ohio, uh, <laughs> and then a bunch of Greens jumped on me about that. I said they said, well, we you're a Green, you can't vote Libertarian. I said, well, I I'm saying hypothetically, if I'm going to vote as a Libertarian. Vermin Supreme is going to get my vote because he has the most sense of, of anybody's platform that I've heard anywhere. You know, right. ponies, everybody deserves a pony. Certainly. Definitely. <laughs> uh, not enough dental hygiene, uh, especially in communities like where I've lived, where meth has affected us so badly. Right. Uh, a, a, an economy based on unicorns makes as much sense as the economy that we're, we're working under right now. So uh, right. why not? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, so, yeah, and, you know, Vermin Supreme didn't get the nomination. His running, who was going to be his running mate, ended up getting the nomination for VP. So at least we have Spike Cohen, right, for those that were yeah. Vermin Supreme supporters. And uh, I, I, I will be having uh, Spike and Joe on my show as well. So the, the, I'm going to ask you the same question I would ask them, right, and say that you get the Green Party nomination what happens next? Uh, how do we battle the two-party system? And, you know, it's a sad reality. We know that you, say you get the nomination and, and Joe now has the nomination for the Libertarian Party. 
the, the sad truth is most likely uh, neither of you will get the presidency, right? And that's, we don't want to think that way. Yeah. We want to have, have high hopes that we, we can get, you know, somewhere, either if it's you or Joe. So what is the plan? Uh, I mean, uh, I, I, for the most part, I plan to support independent candidates regardless uh, of what happens this year or next year or in future years. Uh, I believe that, uh, you know, and I had actually thought about, uh, you know, reaching across the aisle and maybe offering a libertarian or, uh, somebody from some other party, uh, vice presidency because you know i believe that until we get break the stranglehold of the two-party system that exists and a lot of people still don't see how voting for democrat or republican is not going to make much of a difference we need to, to clean clean house completely uh but you know i i'd actually considered to, uh to uh, uh running with uh, a libertarian or or somebody of some other party Right. Uh, as my vice or co-president instead of, you know, we don't make it a division of labor. I could sit in the Senate for half the time and you could sit <laughs> in the Senate for half the time pushing old folks around. Right. Uh, it, it's uh, really, uh, I, I would think no matter who got in, in office, whether it be a libertarian or green, it, it would be a change for the good. Right. Because it would be starting to see the, the pillars of power starting to shake and lose their control over our our democracy that's not really representative and, and really engage a lot more voters than, than what are actually voting, you know, 46 to 50% of voters aren't turning out. And it's, I think primarily they, uh, I forget who did the research study that I read last, but it's primarily because they don't see anybody that they can vote for. You right. know, there's very small, few, very few people are saying that it's because they don't have time to, to vote or, they don't have uh, time to research the information and to understand who it is. Uh, but it, it's mostly people who just don't see somebody to vote for. And, you know, if you can't see the change, be the change. Run yourself. Please run. We need right. somebody to run other than the Democrats and Republicans because, at least in my state, uh, for a couple of years, it was uh, – the Republicans were running unopposed and Democrats were running unopposed. So once again, the recidivism rate of these criminals just keeps rising. And fortunately, our Ohio Constitution prevents them from running for state house positions for more than a certain number of terms. But still, that's a way for them to work their way up like Mike DeWine, Mike DeWeeny, our current governor did. Mm-hmm. He just... Yeah, back in the 90s when I was uh, teaching at Portsmouth City Schools, he was uh, the state representative, and now he's the governor and hasn't had a real job since. Wow. That's, uh, <laughs> that's almost uh, 30 years. So, I mean, <laughs> so, that's, so not, that's not fair to, for uh, us uh, as citizens to have one absolutely. person representing us in one capacity or another for 30 years. As, you know, our population changes. I'm sure right. his opinion hadn't changed much in 30 years. Right. So does that mean that there is a possibility of a Lambert Supreme 2020 ticket? Oh, <laughs> that would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, ponies and healthcare. I mean, why you, you can afford both of them. <laughs> why not? I mean, if we, if we end the wars, then we definitely could, and de-arm uh, our, mili- our uh, military, 
our militarized police, then we certainly can afford to pay for ponies and healthcare for everybody. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Uh, so let's talk about a little bit of uh, some current events going on. And say if you were president, you know, we have a pandemic, we have rioting, uh, we have police brutalizing citizens, um, killing, uh, a, you know, African-Americans um, all over the country and killing people in their homes uh, like uh, Duncan uh, Lemp. So as president and all this is going on, what would you do? And I do uh, it's very small percentage of those people that are, are causing the, the damage and, and rioting, as it were. I think most of the people out there are trying to peacefully protest, but there certainly are uh, uh, plants either from you know the right or or from the government. As we've seen that in the past, where the CIA or cops will plant an officer in a crowd to create a disruption, where they're busting windows or, or setting their own vehicles on fire to. So uh, I believe, uh, and I've said this before, that we... Hey, Dennis, we, you keep cut, uh, cutting out. Okay, sorry. Yeah, no worries. Let me check my battery. How am I now? Uh, good, a little choppy on video, but to... fine. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, cool. So, you uh, know, you cut out there a little bit, but you were talking about... Um, possible plants by either CIA, um, you know, the right or the left, and that we've seen this before. And, uh, you know, it, it reminds me of this is actually something we've seen throughout history. Even, our, you know, that very same scenario that you put reminds me of a, a story back in ancient Rome when uh, it was, uh, I believe, uh, Cato planted some riots to show that Caesar was not able to handle governing appropriately. Yeah, and I, I'm very surprised that all these uh, Second Amendment people aren't out there standing with these protesters either because they're always talking about our government taking over our society. But when you see these cops out there with full body armor, shields and rifles, you're not willing to go out there and stand for the people who are trying to stop other people stop these people that are militarily armed from killing right. our own citizens. Yeah. And I, and are I you NRA? right. The NRA, I don't have any faith in. I know that there are some, but the, they're so small. The groups that are going out with, with arms that are pro two a are the libertarians and we're just a small group. They're, they're always willing The NRA, the, 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 like what I like to call them, the Trumpers and, uh, you know, they'll go out with libertarians when it, when it has to do with their, their, you know, agenda. And they usually make us look really bad because they're there with us. But now where are they when it comes to this, right? Uh, you know, libertarians are still yeah. out there. Uh, we still, you know, I have quite a few friends that are, that are out there armed and trying to, to help and maintain the peace between, uh, the peaceful, um, protesters and protecting them from police brutality. Um, but unfortunately there's not enough of us. So maybe yeah. some green party uh, members can come out and uh, help us as well. We'll, we'll give them some guns. I was, uh, 
I, I just have, well, I have a rifle, uh, well, a couple of rifles, and uh, no handguns to speak of, but uh, really uh, nothing I would want to be carrying around in public because it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, for killing. Right. Definitely things for killing, not for, and I don't, I don't want to be an, an intimidating uh, presence no matter where I go. I want to be a friend to everybody. So, right. I mean, I, I appreciate that the, our state is a uh, open carry state, but uh, for me, uh, like Andy Griffith said, you know, it, it shows more a sign of my inability to communicate with you, and it shows more weakness than it shows strength that, that I've got to carry a, a gun on my side. But you know, I appreciate my brothers and sisters out there that, that are open carry people and, and want to carry. But uh, for me, my personal decision is, is not to open carry. But if I'm definitely feeling physically threatened, I can definitely respond with uh, lethal force if it is necessary. Definitely. Um... I believe in nonviolence. <laughs> but, you know, but I also believe in, in defending your life and defending the lives of others, which is, you know, one of the reasons why I joined the military was you know, I took responsibility. It's uh, today is one day and twenty seven years since I I, uh, I took the oath. Twenty eight years since I took the oath uh, to defend the Constitution. I, I signed up for an eight year stint with the Army and the Army Reserve. So, you know, I, I believe in our right to bear arms, but uh, that should be also tempered by our. Uh, mental capacity to, to withstand uh, uh, scrutiny of, of our mental state. You know, uh, you don't give a hand grenade to, to Cousin Cooter just because, you know, he wants one. <laughs> well, I mean, talking about mental states, right, and I think that's a perfect segue uh, to the mental state of our president, uh, the mental state of our of the Democrat candidate Joe Joe Biden. We got these two old as as time senile gentlemen that both are rapists, uh, both are um, losing their their sanity uh, to go out and push a bunch of protesters, peace, peaceful protesters by force to go take a picture in front of a church is just, you have to megalomaniacal, egotistical, <laughs> you know, and then the, oh, you, have, yeah. and you have the other side. That's just, I don't know where his mind is really uh, that guy. Uh, so, but then you have these other parties with people that are completely sane, like yourself, uh, like Joe Jorgensen and, um, you know, in the past, we've had Gary Johnson and uh, Jill Stein, very sane people. Uh, and yet we keep what is wrong with America? What do you think? Why is it that those that do vote vote for just this craziness, people with mental illnesses? Because they're fed this narrative that it's only the only two choices are the Democrats and the Republicans. And it, that's the same choice over and over again and you know we've seen the lesser of two evils over 30 years voting of lesser two evils it, it just keeps getting worse and worse and as far as the mental stability of, of the democratic presumptive nominee as well as 
the Republican presumptive nominee, i.e. our president, uh, I mean, armchair psychiatrist, I, I, I definitely think uh, Trump has narcissistic tendencies uh, that you know, he wants to put his name on everything. He, he <laughs> doesn't seem to have any sympathy or empathy that uh, extends beyond uh, the, the loss or creation of wealth. Um, and honestly, uh, I don't know where, where Biden is, honestly, because he's hiding in a basement, and that's not real leadership. Uh, uh, even if he was mentally stable, uh, he would be out there saying something, putting out videos every day, because I'm sure he's got a team of Democrats that know how to work social media, because he got them from Hillary Clinton, who got them from Obama. So, right. I mean, uh, you know, the, the nepotism there goes deep. So why aren't they putting out more of a message and actually directly talking to uh, the, the people? You know, I, uh, Occupy Wall Street was, was how many years ago now? Ten years ago? Yeah. Uh, uh, and when I see these uh, these things pop up on my Facebook feed or for uh, on Twitter of Occupy Democrats, I, I laugh because wasn't Obama the president during Occupy Wall Street, and wasn't a lot of Democratic mayors that were pushing the people, the protesters, out of Wall Street? Uh, we were warning about you know an economic collapse back then that it was going to happen. Uh, now here it is. Because uh, of the narcissism of the, of the current president, he's only looking at. Well, we now have the 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 lowest or the lowest unemployment we used to. Now we've got the highest unemployment, number one, uh, and we've got the highest stock market ever. So, I mean, he's bragging about that, but that that is really a, a mythological beast. Uh, like uh, uh, like Vermin says, it's a unicorn that that the the economy when he talks about the economy it's it, wall street uh, playing with themselves really it's it, it doesn't really uh, until it starts crashing that's when it starts affecting us i mean most of the people who are retired now lost a lot of their retirement funds in 2008 uh, they lost a lot of equity in their homes if they didn't outright lose their homes and that's how i think of 60 65 percent of the people uh uh pass on wealth to their families is, is by inheriting property. So, and the economic stimulus that they, they put out now is $4 trillion to businesses and $1,200 to the head of a household, $500 for everybody else. Uh, and not everybody, everybody's going to get that $1,200. It's ridiculous that they can print $4 trillion for, to prop up Wall Street. And meanwhile, we're going to have another housing collapse because a lot of people have been out of work for two now going on three months. Uh, those jobs are not going to immediately start back up. Uh, you know, honestly, had I been the president, I would have declared the, the Defense Production Act as soon, uh, in January. Certainly shutting down tra travel from uh, Wuhan w was a good idea, uh, but not travel to Wuhan because that's how we get medical experts in there to start studying ourselves. Right. But uh, certainly we should have set up the Defense Production Act to, to start producing our own PPE because we, we saw what a massive failure uh, it is to, to ship those jobs overseas. And, and I can guarantee it's 10, 20,000 people of the over 100,000 people we've lost now 
have died because they didn't have that personal protective gear. Right. But, uh, as to the mental state of the Democrat or the Republican, you know, I, I'm not a, a mental health expert, but I have dealt with addiction, uh, people who are addicts. And uh, I would say both of them have addictive personalities where they're, they're wanting to, to feed, whether it be their own narcissism or ego, uh, white savior, you know, <laughs> that, that they've, they're, they're filling their head with that, that, you know, they're going to, they're going to be the person to, to be, to lead the next generation onto this glory, whatever nonsense, but they're not looking at everybody. You know, they're just looking at themselves and their surrounding supporters. And, you know, this, I believe is, is the death of our democracy. If, if people are forced between to choose between two senile old men, it's, you know, a hundred almost 150 years between them. Right. It's ridiculous. We need, there's more young people. We need more young people leading. And especially when it comes to Congress and, and, and local government, we need to get more young people out there and active. I'm sad that my generation is not, not more leaders. Uh, uh, yeah. I hate to pull out that hippie slogan, but you know, <laughs> don't trust anybody over, over 30. But, you know, I don't want to trust anybody over 70, especially with our nuclear codes and their mental capacity. Absolutely. So with the primaries coming up for the Green Party, and we're still kind of in this weird, we're closed, but we're not closed. You can have maybe, you know, at least here in California, I don't know how it is in Ohio, but, you know, you can't be in groups of more than 10 still. how is the Green Party going to do their primaries? The, the Libertarian Party was able to do it all online uh, for their, their primary and their, their convention. Um, it was completely voted online. Is that something that the Green Party is looking to do? Our uh, presidential uh, nomination was all held online and in a in-person event uh, in Columbus, Ohio at the uh, beginning uh, or late, late February, beginning of March. Okay close to my birthday uh but uh i don't recall the exact uh final results but in that uh i was somewhere around 20 percent of, of of the the total vote uh, the first uh, round of voting okay so it's not california I, in california i had the same uh, same amount of numbers as well with their their initial vote was i was around 20 percent Okay. Like, that's why I said I'm, I'm I'm the third party candidate within my own party. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, that's how it is. Even with the, you know, the libertarian party, we, we had some, nothing against Joe Jorgensen, you know, but we had some really good um, candidates with some very uh, non-conventional ideas. And because it was non-conventional, um, you know, they were considered, as you said, a third party within a third party. Yeah. And a lot of them either had to uh, drop out or when they did make it to the convention, they didn't, they didn't make it. So uh, with Joe Jorgensen being the nominee for the libertarian ticket, and if you manage to get it for the Green Party, how will you work with her to get on the national stage? 
I would be willing to host or, or uh, hold events together with Joe uh, on just about anywhere that she wanted to do it to to uh, bring attention to third parties. Uh, I'm sure uh, Democracy Now, maybe Russia Today, uh, we might even get MSNBC uh, as a stretch. Hey, I would have hoped that Fox would be uh, an easier grit than MSNBC. Uh, <laughs> To have third-party candidates uh, debate on, but uh, I think if uh, you know we uh, we got our message out there together, that uh, it could draw enough drama and attention. But of course, you know we're going to be setting ourselves up for the next four years of Democrats crying that we we lost to Trump, we lost yeah. the race to Trump. But you know, really, I. I I've been pushing this a lot too here recently that uh, 46% or more of the people who are eligible to vote don't vote. And if we give them something to vote for, more people are actually going to drag their butts out of bed and, and, and vote. So we need to get out there and, and you know, whatever your flavor of, of politician is, let's get out there and vote for them, support them or run yourself. Right. Absolutely. One of the things I noticed, and I don't know if it's the same for the green party, but with the with the Libertarian Party and the LNC, they focus so much on all its resources towards the presidential nomination and the presidential campaign, knowing that you know, especially if you're a Libertarian, you should know that uh, the president shouldn't have that much power anyway. So why are we focusing so much our resources to a presidential no a nominee, um, why aren't we trying to get more down-ballot candidates into offices so we can change the culture from the bottom up? Um, what would you do to help down-ballot candidates uh, for the Green Party or for any down-ballot candidate that is a third party? I'm doing what I can to help amplify the voices of, of independent uh, and third party candidates. Uh, I had, had, have an open invitation for any of them to uh, appear on my podcast or, or I, there's a lot of them, uh, greens, especially that I, I've been, uh, you know, retweeting or, or uh, sharing their information on Facebook, uh, trying to get their message out whenever they, they send me information or whenever I find out about them. Uh, same thing. I, I would like to have some some sort of events. Uh, unfortunately, we're right now we're pretty much tied to doing uh, events like this, either uh, podcasts or live streams or, or something like that to, to reach the people. But, hey, I'm all up for it. The fortunate thing of this uh, virus is, is that uh, uh, the sequester that we got going on is that we have the technology to, to really – overcome the barriers of, of space and, and time as long as we're willing to get up a, a, and turn on the lights to, to talk with anybody from anywhere in the world instantaneously right. uh, and, and the, the the only thing we can really do is try to amplify each other's voices and, and this is why I really appreciate you allowing me to come on your podcast not once but twice right. and, and talking to the the people who are, are not greens you know right. I, and that's what I really like. It, sometimes it's, it seems to me like I'm talking in the echo chamber sometimes to these greens that they're, they're just almost zombie-like where they're not, oh, yeah, I agree with that. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. And don't want to uh, 
bring on any intellectual discourse about our possible disagreements. So, you know, we don't have to be disagreeable to disagree, but, uh, you know, bringing in a, a diverse uh, a voice to our democracy really is what is going to improve it for all of us. You know, right. uh, libertarians, greens, Democrats, Republicans, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> constitutionalists, communists, uh, whatever party you're going to run on, peace and freedom. Right. Yeah, in California, I know you guys got, what, uh, 12 parties out there? Right. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, but again, they're all, you know, the third parties, we just, we really need to band together and uh, combine our resources, really, to, I think yeah. that's, that needs to be the very first step. And, and here's a proposal I would give to Greens and Libertarians in every state right now. Uh, next time that the, the governor or, or some other race in your part in your state is a two-person race where you're running for lieutenant governor and governor at the same time or, or something similar where there's two people running for a, a major leadership position, split that ticket with a green and libertarian. Right. Let's see if we can actually experiment and make this work in, in a way that, you know, brings forth our strongest candidates on both sides of our arguments to make the argument that we're the best representative for the people. Right. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, it, you never know. You never know what could happen, right? Again, we have to change the culture from, from the bottom up. Um, people need to start thinking that, oh, wow, I, there's actually other options out there for me. You know, look at yeah, this. If we truly want to have a revolutionary democracy. We need to have re revolutionary ideas. And, and by joining forces, I think that's, the, that's our best chance to, to actually make a change for the better for the people. Right. I, I know, you know, libertarians. That's that's what you're looking out for. You're looking out for the people. You have you have an idea uh, of what your rights are, and you want to enforce that, you know, or prevent the government from enforcing their ideas of whether or not those are rights. Right. You know, we as a Green Party uh, also believe in fighting for the people, but we also believe in fighting for the environment, uh, and believe that there needs to be a balance there. I think a lot of Greens now are talking about uh, bringing indigenous culture on board to talk about uh, sustainable use of, of our environment, which, you know, certainly is, you know, something that we should be looking at because a lot of these cultures existed on meager sustenance for, for hundreds, if not thousands of years. So, you know, all of these ideas are valid and can present a, a, a balance that actually brings democracy to our government. And, rest the part power away from the, the Democrats and Republicans. Right. And I have never no, stopped fighting for that. <laughs> well, I'm glad. And we need people like you that, that will never stop fighting for that. And we really need to convince, you know, I know a few libertarians that would be more than happy to, to work with green part with green party members and, and campaigns and working together to, to get the word out, uh, it's just, it seems like neither of our parties are willing to, to deviate resources to that because you do need resources. You do need a monetary resource, a, um, a support from the party itself to, 
to get the word out. Uh, there's a lot, you know, I was talking with somebody about running for, when, running for city council, right? Me as a person yeah. running for city council who I want to represent the people in my district and I'm not running anymore because of this, right? Because I'm not having support from my own party is that there's things that I don't, I would not be able to navigate like the, the, the FCC regulations, the, uh, the, the campaign, um, financing, uh, regulations and, and, and paperwork. I would, I would try to fill these things out and I would get it wrong because I just could not understand how to navigate it. And that's what your party is supposed to be there for is to help you get those forms fill out, get those things, uh, filed and, they don't care because they're so focused on that, on the presidential uh, ticket. Yeah, I, I, uh, from my own experience, uh, the, as far as I've seen from the Green Party, it's mostly the resources go to people who the insiders deem are worthy uh, of the extra uh, attention or exploitation, whatever you want to call. Uh, uh, really, uh, I've been, sorely disappointed in the Green Party's inability to advertise uh, the Green Party presidential candidates uh, whatsoever, uh, considering our, our, our diverse and large number of, of candidates that are running. Uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, we definitely need to focus a lot more down ballot. Uh, and this is, you know, one of the reasons why I've decided to focus on uh, a large portion of my campaign to tell people to get out there and run themselves. Uh, and honestly, if you don't get the party's help, run as an independent. Uh, I know mm -hmm. it's, uh, uh, those FEC filings and all that other stuff is kind of difficult. In fact, uh, David Rold, one of the other presidential candidates, uh, uh, approached me early uh, after I filed my FEC filing and he was about to file his. He said, you know, I'm afraid that Said of what he said. Well, the FBI is going to track me and this and that. I said, well, you're you're running for president. If they don't have a file on you already, yeah, yeah, they'll right. start following you now. And and then he was worried about them looking into his finances. And I said, it's just what you report there. And honestly, the FEC has not really prosecuted anybody in a long time for violating FEC standards. Uh, it really, it, it's. It is uh, heavy, but they, they do have people that will help you. I mean, we had people from the party offering to help at, at the beginning, but my treasurer said that uh, every time he called them, they never would return his call. So I said, well, screw it. We'll just talk to the FEC people directly because they're going to have the right answers for us to right. begin with. So we <laughs> you, only at least you would hope, FEC right? <laughs> when it comes to it. Yeah, yeah. At least they're they're there and responsive, you know, that. They send me a nice email. Uh, I'll probably get one here in a week or two saying that I need to file at the end of the month for my quarterly filing. And, uh, you know, first couple of times I, I tried to file, uh, I do it all electronically because our, our organization is so small and we've, uh, we just barely raised $5,000. Uh, uh, we do it electronically and, you know, first couple of times I tried to do it the, I forgot to add a signature block or something like that. And right. coming up on the deadline, fortunately, there were people there. They, I called them and they responded and took me back through the, the app and piece of cake. They took it. Right. 
As long as you keep track of what you're spending and what you're bringing in, I, it, I think it's been fairly painless for myself and my treasurer. <laughs> well, but, you know, we're also not we're not also not getting PAC money and, and a lot of donations. Right. You know, I said, as I said, we we've had a couple a uh, few hundred dollar donations, uh, but most of the donations we've been getting are ongoing. Uh, you know, five or ten dollar monthly donations or uh, a ten twenty dollar donation, small donation of one time. Right. So I want to ask like one last kind of question ending here. And, you know, what do you say to the person that because you, you brought it up earlier? What do you say to the person that says, oh, I, I'm not going to vote third party because it's going to take away the vote from someone else and it will cause Trump to win? Um, or vice versa, because you know you're going to hear it from if Biden wins, people are going to say, oh, you voted third party, you took away from Trump's votes or whatever, right? What do you say to those people? Yeah. I mean, there was a meme going around saying that, you know, uh, because you voted for Jill Stein, that was actually a vote for Donald Trump. So you committed election fraud, you voted twice in the same election. You know, that's basically the same thing. If you're voting for a candidate, you're not voting against, a, you're voting against those other two because first, you know, why would you want to support a corporate bribe government? Mm -hmm. uh, so what I'm saying is you, you have a choice. There's a democracy. There's not a monopoly on our government by the Democrats and Republicans. If you think there are, you're just as brainwashed as the people who are just rooting blindlessly for Trump or rooting blindlessly for Pelosi or, or, or Joe Biden. You know, the Me Too movement is now dead thanks to Joe Biden because the Democrats don't want to talk about allegations of rape and sexual assault. Right. We need to break from these two-party systems. You're not voting. You're, yes. Yeah, you're voting against both those people. You're not voting for one of those other two candidates. You're voting for somebody who actually represents your views and your values. Be, you know, stand up for your views and values. Have some integrity in your vote and vote for who you want to instead of the, pe the people who the media and the Democrats and Republicans tell you you have to vote for. Right. Stand up and be uh, somebody who really believes in a, a representative democracy and vote for the person that you believe in. That's, that's all I can ask for. If you right. don't want to vote for you know, the Green or the Libertarian, whatever, whoever's running in your state, that's not Joe Biden or Donald Trump, then just don't vote in that race. That way you're not voting for both of them. Right. It doesn't make a difference if you, because there's a lot of people who will not vote for either one of those two if there are only two on the ballot. So just vote for who you really feel and who you in your heart believe is going to make a difference in our country. Right. I couldn't have said it better myself, Dennis. Thank you again so much for being on a second time. It's, a great honor uh, you kind of really you know you were one of my first uh, guests on my podcast and it really inspired me to keep having these conversations with people that don't necessarily agree with me and I you know I kind of owe it to you for that inspiration so thank you very much for that oh, and uh, <laughs> Do I got a producer credit <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, uh, but Keep up the good work, Dennis. Uh, you know, I think yeah. that hopefully people will see this episode and see, hey, there are at least these two guys that are willing to have conversations regardless if they agree or not. 
and but they can find uh, the common uh, ground that they know they're not being represented by um, by this current establishment that we have now and that they're willing to fight to change that. So thank you so much for that. Uh, thank you, brother. And hopefully when this thing all breaks, I'll come out and buy some legal weed in California. There you go. <laughs> I have some, I might have some stash away. <laughs> uh, I'll put it in the freezer. Righty, brother. All right. Thanks. All right.